Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, everybody. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman. Producing the Outdoor Show this morning is Jace. And uh, we shall move through this. Get us a... See what kind of show we can get going on Easter Sunday this morning. So, all right. Looking at weather. Our sponsors today, the Belleville Meat Market, Big D Marine, Boyd's One Stop, and Mainstream Marketing. All right. Galveston right now at 63 down on the island, and then today they're calling for a mix of clouds and sun. High of 72, winds will be northeast, 10 to 15. And then tonight, partly cloudy skies, low around 65, east, northeast, 10 to 15. And for tomorrow, pretty much the same. Mainly cloudy, a stray shower or thunderstorm is possible. About a 20% they're throwing in there. High of 72, winds will be northeast, 10 to 20. And tides for today. These are Galveston Channel tide predictions. We're on two tides, and we're on the back side of that moon. So it looks like we have a low at 12.23 a.m. It occurred at the Galveston Channel. It was a negative 0.1. And then an incoming this morning, a high at 8.53 a.m., a 1.6. 7 o'clock a.m. is sunrise. 7.42 p.m. is sunset. And our moon phase is 92%. And, uh... One tide today, but uh, that's kind of good up my way. When you get uh, get off a four-tide schedule and go to just a one- or two-tide day, you get a longer longer push of current. All right, looking at current conditions right now, Galveston Channel, we have uh, 64 degrees down there with 70-degree uh, water, north-northeast wind at 6 to 8. Offshore, pretty much the same, 68 degrees with 70-degree water, northeast at 7 at Eagle Point. It's 66 degrees with 66-degree water, northeast wind 14 to 16. Another at Eagle Point where it sticks out right there. It's always a little bit higher than everywhere else when the wind's out of the northeast for some reason. But uh, Morgan's Point on up north, it's 62 degrees with 68-degree water with a north wind at 6 to 8 miles per hour. Barometric pressure is 30.09 inches and steady at all stations. So that's... uh. 
kind of where we're at this morning weather-wise, northeast wind. you got some fish in that area. You're going out. Some people uh, like to fish on Easter morning, get something going. All right, well, let's uh, let's get to uh, Freeport this morning and get started off with uh, some offshore talk this morning. Let's get with old Captain Jeff Naylor. I'll just call him old Nalem, and we'll see what he's got to offer this morning. Jeff, good morning. What's up? What's up, Captain Mickey? How you doing this morning? How's it going, man? Oh, buddy, trying to stay warm, man. It's a it's been a weird few days, you know that. I mean, uh, started out cool, and then shoot, yesterday, you know, we're still working on the boat. So by by about mid afternoon yesterday, I was sweating bullets, and by the end of the day, I was <laughs> back cold again. I mean, just can't get can't get normal right now for some reason. But uh, man. Same old, same old, really. Just whacking away. We got Monty, Monty with me, I think, at least one more time today. And uh, uh, Casey's down. He's uh, He went hunting, turkey hunting this weekend down south. And uh, I think he just got back yesterday. So he, he's skipping on us this morning. But, um, man, Monty, what do you think? Hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Monty. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Yeah, there's boy. There's a lot of guys that are into guys and gals that are into turkey hunting. I'm I'm not much for it, but uh, I know a lot of people that do. There's been some pretty nice birds killed this year. Seeing some big beards and a lot of pretty feathers. Yeah, he yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, I talked to him yesterday. Him and his son both uh, went hunting, and I'm I'm I was trying to when I was sitting here talking to uh, Monty. Before we got on the air, I was trying to remember where he told me he went, but I couldn't recall. But uh, he said it was real windy, real rainy, real terrible mm-hmm. turkey weather. But they ended up getting two. I want to say they were pretty good jakes, too. I mean, if uh, they recall, but or he said it was gobblers. Yeah. Big old gobblers. gobblers. Yeah, Jake, he don't have a beard yet. He's just a little teenager running around acting stupid. There you go. Little Jake. Yeah. When I go turkey hunting, that's about all I see is hens and jakes. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you this, man. We, you know, they got them on the on the game cams down there in, at their ranch in South Texas. I mean, they come up in droves. I mean, 20, 30 birds seems like, you know. And, uh, hey, that's my kind of hunt, man, out of the window in, in the kitchen while I'm cooking breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Stick the shotgun out and get you some bird for for supper. <laughs> that's right, that's right. That's my style, man. I don't do all the uh, calls and all that. I mean, I've, you you've hunted down south every yeah. time. What do you uh, think? Well, I've hunted turkey hunting one time. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I did shoot one. Oh, it's yeah. exciting, especially when you call one right up in your lap, man. You just blow his uh, head off. Yeah, you can hear them go up when you hit that box, and and you hear them. They come a strutting. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, I tried to hunt one. I missed one, so that was that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I was going to be a bow hunter. That's right. Well, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, kind of how it goes. Otherwise, you know, I, in, it's fun. Yeah, Probably they don't weird. they don't get much hunting pressure down there down south. I mean, uh, apparently, turkey hunting on the ranch is actually pretty easy breezy stuff. Is what they tell me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like yeah. I mean, we're, we're doing a bunch of stand changes and, and, you know, we're not even feeding that much right now. So it's really not a, you know, we're not down there as much. 
Well, all them ranches down south got some much-needed rain. I think, they did. Uh, Blaine, all through his area, he got about three inches on his ranches, which was much-needed, very appreciated. Oh, yeah. How many, how many, uh, how many wells did y'all end up digging over there? How many ponds? I think you said seven, right? You got some water down there. Yeah. I mean, I, he said, he said it wasn't, uh, it was like a game changer doing, oh, you yeah. know, building those ponds down south. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got food, you got water, you got animals. Lots. Oh, yeah. Lots. You're lots right. of animals. Lots of deer down there. Lots of big deer. Yeah. I heard several people come down there and hunted with us at Christmas. That they've never hunted South Texas. They've always hunted East Texas and other places. And one guy goes, I saw more deer on my hunt this morning, does and bucks, than I've seen in three years combined where I hunt in East Texas. They couldn't believe how many animals you know, are walking around down there. Yeah. Like game ranches. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and that's and that's the beauty about his ranch too. None none of his high fence. You know, he just put one little high fence up so they uh, essentially try to keep his big bucks from going on to the next door neighbor property where they yeah. where they smoke them quick type of thing. But you know, there's not, nothing stuck in there. I mean, well, it's and, uh, still considered uh, low fence and open range like that. You can, well, it, sure. Then you, you can bet. shoot you a buck deer. Oh make yeah, the, make the Boone and Crockett buck. Yeah, I think they've made it two or three times down there. Yeah. yeah. I, know Laurie and Elliot. I don't know about Casey, but I'm sure Casey's shot at one seventy class but Oh, easy, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, his son, you see he's writing a sports article for the facts. Yeah, yeah, he, he sure is. Week, he talks about all the African animals that they've killed. Yeah. You know, uh, for sure. You know, just to, just to mention too, uh, you know, I've had Brian Wilson on the show several times, or at least once, anyways, and uh, he he just his uh, his show aired. It's called Into the Blue, and it was a Galveston edition. I think it was uh, uh, season fifteen, episode one. So that was uh, filmed by Brian Wilson out of Galveston Yacht Basin, uh, and it aired. I think it was last Monday. Yeah. Not this Monday, but last Monday. Yeah, like I remember that. seeing something on Facebook about that. Yeah, it was really good, you know. And, and uh, I think I think the 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 better one is part two. Of course, they come down here and you know they have like the Tremont Hotel with kind of a you know showcase or probably. Mm-hmm. So they had a lot of that, you know, in this first episode. But uh, Brian was telling me episode two had more fishing and. You know, that kind of stuff. I mean, they fished, obviously, in this episode. But yeah. I forgot to mention that last week while I was thinking about it. I want to put that out there. But, uh, man, we've been uh, – Monty and I both have been working on our boats pretty pretty nonstop. Well, I guess Monty had a little stop. But, yeah. uh, you know, of course, I'm trying to glue mine back together before June 1st. And, buddy, let me tell you, that's uh, – well, Yeah, you ain't kidding mm. I'm no. still good. Oh, I, you know, I'm putting it all back together now. That's good. I quit tearing things apart. That's that's positive. <laughs> I think the tear out's the worst part. Any project you do, whether you're remodeling a bathroom or whatever, you know. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. I mean, you know, they tell me that the turning point is the fuel tanks, and I don't have the fuel tanks in there yet. I'm gonna try today or tomorrow. I'll be putting the fuel tanks in. But man, I mean, when you got that thing. You tear, you know, 
There yeah. wasn't a – it was probably out of 10 valves that were my bills. I bet you only two of them were actually easily workable. You know, the rest of them, handle seized up, rusting, this and that. And, uh, you know, I got down there, man, and I just – I, you know, why, you tear it all apart. Why don't you just get everything here, you know what I mean? Yeah, if you're going to gut it like that, you got to go back with everything pristine and new. You just got to spend it. the money and just go back right. That's it. Bite the bullet, do it. So you're not down That's there trying to in the bills later, you know. But I saw I went back with a lot of uh, Gimlux uh, uh, composite valves opposed to the metal ones. Right. They're like a fiberglass uh, filled nylon. And, you know, they're super. I, you know, I have no affiliation with Gimlux or that brand or anything like that. But, uh, man, they, they seem like really nice valves. And, uh, Went back with three sixteen fittings. And, they better I mean, be. <laughs> you don't want to do this again, <laughs> man. Well, well, Megan already told me. She said this is the last one. She said, "You're yeah. not no more projects <laughs> for for at least two years." Last year I did the bay boat. This year I'm doing the big boat. And man, wow. my, I mean, my Hondas are sitting over there at SCJ right now. I, I, my new motors are there. I just, man, I can't wait to put those things on. <laughs> I'm dying. And Monty, he's doing a uh, an '89 Mako, yeah. 27 Mako. So. Yeah. It's just come to a screeching halt. Yeah. Unfortunately, his uh, guy shut down on him recently. So. Uh, you know, Steve broke his hip. Yeah. But uh, man, we're 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 in the middle of projects, both of us, you know. And uh, I think you know what? To be really honest with you, really, I, I hate the word. It's terrible. I mean. It, bat on my back and I mean yeah. just but I mean truthfully stepping back looking at you know what you're building how you're doing it I mean he he took his boat with front well you have you boxes. Have front boxes you have rear boxes cut it all out cut everything out yeah. redoing it just like you like it oh yeah it's gonna be nice it's just taking a little longer than I expected yeah in time. you know I mean I labor of love man that's it, what they say labor it is, of love it is you know, but you, I mean, theoretically, you can go back with the retrofit, but like that better than it was. Oh, definitely. I mean, you really can. Definitely. Especially with all the new composite, foam boards, coosters. Yeah, you do some really good upgrade when you go through it like that. You really yeah. can. You really can. And that, and that's kind of the trade-off. I mean, like you said, it's a labor of love, but you can. I mean, if you take your time with it and do it right, I mean, you can make that boat. Yeah, it'll be there forever. I'll believe. Yeah. You know, I used to hear about back in the day about the, uh, you know, that the resins, there wasn't as many uh, uh, EPA laws and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. The resins were a little bit better back in the day. But, man, I tell you. And they're thicker. I mean, the stuff that you get nowadays is, is, is oh, yeah. it's really good. I mean, you know, they it's probably cheaper. And I agree that they probably put more of it on there than they, they try did. to do nowadays. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, this hole is super thick. Oh, yeah, I'm crazy. Yeah. All right, let me do this break right quick, gentlemen. I'll be right back to you. Hang on a second. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everyone about the Belleville Meat Market located right in downtown Belleville. Just go downtown, look for the big white sign. Their meat market and processing facility are right next door to one another. Easy to find off I-10 or, you know, Hempstead there in 290. Just go downtown and... uh, Check out all their great products there at their meat market. This week they're double featuring their double black pepper 
pecan smoked sausage and their cheddar cheese pecan smoked sausage. You can try it before you buy it. Free samples are always available. And on special, seasoned chicken leg quarters for $1.19 a pound and fresh ground beef daily, always $3.59 a pound when you buy 10 pounds or more at the Belleville Meat Market. And wild game processing, they're still making their Vinny dogs and hog dogs. That's homemade hot dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. That way you can bring something home from your hunt the whole family can enjoy all year long. And the Belleville celebrating over 41 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 417 in the Bayou City. And happy Easter. All right, uh, let's go back to the to the offshore boys over there in Freeport. All right, we're back, Jeff and Monty. What's going on, Mickey? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, in, in, in fixing my boat and everything, you know, uh, I know last year I did one, me personally, the, the bay boat. I put that Charla motor on the on the on the left side and laid it, you know, transverse to the to the long ways of the boat. And uh man, honestly, I still think that was a really good idea. That was uh, uh I don't have very little problem steering it. Um very impressed with that hundred and twelve volt or, or pound thrust motor. And really I found that uh when I put my when I'm trolling, I leave my motor just to skag in the water and 
but when it pulls on the side, I just turn my wheel and it offsets it a little bit. It'll it'll drive true. Huh. And you know what? That that feature on that Minn Kota too, so neat because you can hit it uh, as like hold hold course, just yeah. like you can on the autopilot, mm-hmm. and it will adjust itself even to to drive straight. Anyway, right. that was that was probably the feature on my bay boat that I was really impressed with. That uh, that I didn't think was going to go quite as well as it did. It did on this boat. I've uh, on my big boat, I've switched all of my fish boxes and all of my, uh, you know, traditionally contenders, all the boxes drain into the hole, and then the hole drains to the bills, which means that all your fish boxes got blood in them, you know, the bills always got blood in it and all that. I went to a completely, uh, I put pumps in with the fish boxes, especially so I could pump everything straight out. And, uh, you know, so far that's been the, the best thing I've done to it so far. <laughs> yeah. That I think I'm going to see the most benefit out of. Most of the pumps, You know, and, and the macerator. That's the first thing that they told me too. They said, "Don't mess with those macerator pumps because they just go out so easily." Yeah. So I got a diaphragm pump. Mm. But the, the problem with that diaphragm pump, they're huge. They're like six by six inches by. One foot tall, they're huge and they're expensive. Yeah, but and he said, "Man, they'll suck up crayons." I mean, <laughs> they'll what? They'll suck what? They'll suck up crayons and keep moving. I mean, you know, <laughs> it don't matter what it is. You put you put too small a fish in the fish box, you're gonna suck and spit them out. You know, that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> what about a spotlight? You look good in them for that big boat, man. I tell you, if I wasn't spending all my money on everything else, yeah. I tell you, I've told myself two or three times, man. Like if if I have enough money at the end of all this, I'm gonna get one. Yeah, I think they're cool. I tell you that much. I hear they're good. Yeah, I mean, and I was very skeptical. I mean, Monty was just talking about the trolling motor for the big for the big boats. You know, that's right. kind of been the last few years. I mean, I, I grain it now. I mean, I would do anything not to throw that stupid anchor yeah. in 150 foot of water. Yeah. I hate that. Like oh, it eats me alive. You know. Oh my god. But uh, but man, the wheel and hold it on the spot too. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I'd do you love to hit the button? And do it. Well, it'd have to what be you... a hell of a trolling motor system to hold hold spot lock out there in those currents and everything. Oh, they're out there. They, I mean, they do. They do make some very powerful ones that are specifically designed for offshore boats. I yeah. mean, uh, right. I think they just did them in the last year or so. Yeah, <laughs> and people put two of them on the front, you know, and apparently they sync to each other and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, there again, you know, uh, you start in on a thirty-six volt. I don't have enough room in that boat. For another three batteries, I'd have to get a lithium battery. You'd have you know, to go with uh, two lithiums, one for each one. Yeah, I mean, and you know, shoot the ones that I bought the seven Bay grand. Boat. If you get the good ones, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the trolling motors themselves are about two thousand. So I mean, yeah, it's a cheap one. They're uh, buddy. Yeah, that's that's on my wish list, and I all it, it takes have, is money, brother. Hey, shit. All it takes is money. I'm not famous like a Mickey Eastman, you know what I mean? I'm not, uh, hey, you know. Yeah, I'm begging for money as it is. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm in that category of poor man's got poor ways. 
got to yeah. got to deal with what you can forward. Or forward. I one on my boat so I could actually grab a rod and reel sometimes and make a few drops. I mean, sit there and seriously, I'm think about it, guys. It's just fishing. It's just oh, fishing. That's it. That's it. You know, I've, I keep telling myself, too, man, I've done it for a long time without it. Why do I need it right now? I mean, you know, and I try to remind myself of that every time. But who knows? I mean, some of the new stuff that comes out, super cool. Don't get me wrong. I'd yeah. love to have a 24-inch Garmin screen on my on my oh. boat. But guess what? I ain't got that kind of money. No. And, and it's not that cool. You know what I mean? 24-inch this year, 30-inch next. Oh, I'm telling you, man, you never stop. I mean... I tell you, you know, that boat, uh, my boat is an 06 or an 07, I can't recall, but uh, it, it came with a 3K transducer. That transducer, man, I can see the bottom at 2,000 feet, you know, and people keep talking about, man, you're going to put this new transducer? Heck no, man. I, I mean, I, yeah, if it I ain't broke, don't it. fix it. I mean, if you're if you like what you got, stay with it. I mean, seriously. How long? Just out of curiosity, back in the day, you know, uh, uh, Casey always talks to me about the, the printable printable fish oh, finders. Yeah. Oh, how yeah. Long did, how long did y'all go, even after that got phased out in terms of technology, how long did people still use them for? I oh, mean, forever. Casey said they were extremely detailed. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, that was the catch me out. Well, you and, just uh, had that stylus. It just drew the picture. Yeah, it drew I it think, perfectly. And you could actually see the actual boat where that thing hit. Right. It's pretty. I mean, you know, hey, if it works, you know, yeah. why, why, why go I'll tell you? I've, I've run so many trips with no GPS, or no, I had the GPS, but I didn't have the bottom machine. Yeah. And I've been fine. Yeah. Not even looking at the bottom. Yeah. But I had decimal numbers, so I knew exactly what, what I was fishing over. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess back then, you know. At some point, like nowadays, I How feel like. How about the old uh, Loran C days? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so when I first started, I used Loran. What was your favorite one? What was your, I mean, what did you use the most? Like Loran C? What did uh, y'all have well, on the I had to start out with Loran. They had GPSs, but you had to have a differential yoke and this, that, and the other. When I started, I started on the Mantian, and they didn't own the boat, but they leased the boat, and the owner of the boat wouldn't fund the GPS. Uh, so I was still out there, you know, running down that long, or you know, the lower end. Right. right. Well, lower like a 50 by 200 foot square, not seven foot accuracy. Right. <laughs> well, shit. I mean, you go out there and find that spot every day, and then if you lost it, man, you're still looking. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was different. We we uh you know Casey lets me dig through the old old uh, waypoint books from time to time. Yeah, right. man, you got to convert them, and they're all different. You know, yeah, maybe uh, some Loran, some I still you got know, piles and piles of numbers. That slow yeah, around. and so I found though, man, with the conversions, you can get pretty dang close. And and what, was it the Loran uh, the system where it was like you you went out to a certain point and it told you go west. 10 feet or like uh, something like that. I just, the decimals, the way they work. Is it 24, 2500 line or 1100 line? Right. Yeah. Casey would tell me, you know, the he, 2500 line was closer, so he tried to hold that. And it wasn't north, south, east, and west. It was what? Uh, 6240, 130. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah. And it was complete, complete opposite of the GPS. Yeah. Well, 
running down your numbers. But, you know, in the way it's designed and everything, and more of a, a block, like yeah, you're talking about. But you, get, but you could go out and let's just say you you missed your number by a little bit, but you knew which, which uh, yeah. path to go to catch it. You know, in other words, yeah. you turned 90 degrees or whatever and yeah. you drove oh, I think, I straight, think. eventually you'd find it. You know, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, that's what it is. You run up down this line. But I think by me starting with the lower end, it made me better as a fisherman cause to look for spots. And now I can just, the GPS numbers are just so easy. Yeah, I, I agree. straight north, south, east, and west. It wasn't like there was a low line. I mean. And these GPS, no, they're like seven foot accuracy, 13 satellites. Oh, man. I mean, I think they're closer than that. I think you were within a few inches yeah. on most of them. But once you break it down to, to three digits or decimals, you're on. Yeah. You never look. You never look for a spot again. Yeah. But I do remember when people said, "Oh, that GPS is going to be the going to wipe out the fish, going to do this." But it didn't. No. No, there's still plenty of fish out there. Plenty of fish out there. You know that that that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, it, it, even with. You know, there was there was books that came out that uh, you know what was that one book that came out everybody got all worked up about. I mean, yeah, you know where they would give you all these waypoints. People just got so upset, man. They're going to give away all the spots, all this stuff. I still find new spots to this very day that I've never seen before on any other map. And I've dug through a lot of maps before, and uh, I mean, it's nothing to to find. Actually, you know what? one of my favorite spots to go to right now was a wreck that I had probably in 99. And one of our storms had busted it apart, apparently. And I think the top of the mast or something like that, the ship rolled over, and it's like a half a mile away now. Yeah. Little bitty spot. I mean, that thing can't be more than 10 feet tall, you know, 10 feet wide. Yeah. And, man, it's just loaded to the gills, a big old snapper. Oh, yeah, you got like that. It's nice. You know, the problem is it is small, and you can outfish it. You, I mean, if you, if you hit it more than twice a week or a couple of weeks in, in a, you know, in a, in a row, you can fish them out, which, you know, that's the one bad thing about any spot, really. I mean, you know, people would just learn to, to be a little bit more conservative, get a few here, move on to the next one, and not try to kill everything on one spot. You know, they'd stay there, you know, and they'd trap more fish, but. Well, I've yeah. I've been in several arguments with people. Oh, you can't overfish a spot. The heck, you can't. You know, I, we see that in the bay. You know, especially this day and age, as limited as our, you know, fish populations are, and uh, they just keep going the same place every day. I understand. You know, they got to put their people on fish, but when you go back to the till that many times, the till's going to go dry. It always does. Oh, you can kill a spot. Uh, no, no doubt. You know, it's real weird in all this. You know, of course, I told you guys about going to the wind farm thing. And, and correct me if this is a, a, a right statement or not. But, uh, you know, the scientists, the biologists were talking about how fish will actually travel. So the pipelines and stuff like that that run along the, the bottom are warm, obviously, with crude oil or whatever. I mean, electricity, they're real hot. But they will literally, they will migrate down those pipelines. Yeah you know, looking for food, bro. looking for food, whatever. So essentially what they were saying is that whenever they go and put like a, a big, uh, you know, oil field or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's near some of the reefs, they can actually pull a lot of the fish off the reef and they'll move them somewhere else, which is, you know, really neat to me. But at the same time, 
That's something that a lot of people don't think about fishing, too, is those pipelines. You're talking about all the, you know, golly, there's maps of all. I'm not sure they have details of them, but, man, I mean. They're probably pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the wellheads and valves and You fish a lot of those uh, wellheads back in the day or currently? Yeah. They took a lot of them out, too, you know. They did. They take them. They did. You know, I think the shrimpers snag on them so much that eventually they, they, you know, you're tired of it and they pull them out. But I found a few wellheads in, in, you know, in the last five or six years anyways that were good warm ones. Yeah. And and they did pretty good. Last two years ago, I found a pipeline, and it just so happened. I, I knew that there was one part of the pipeline that was, not covered, you know, I I snag on it, you know what I mean, and so I would fish that one spot, what just so happened that the current went perfectly right down the pipe, and so I drifted the whole pipe, dude, I found way bigger balls of fish, way down this freaking pipeline, and I did at this spot where I was thinking was the gold mine, you know what I mean, and they were, I mean, from start to finish, two miles long, there's fish up and down the whole entire time. Structure is structure, man. That's what it. That's well, all it does is hold fish, buddy. Old well, I tell you, sharks from back in the day, the shrimpers had. I remember Uncle Jimmy used to use a lot of those. The old snag sharks. Yeah, come a long ways, man. But yep. you know, it it just shows you the diversity too, of where you don't have to go to one wreck. You know what I mean? Oh, go explore. Sure. Go find. You know, that's where you're gonna. Really get your niche, you right. know what I mean? And, and uh, something that a lot of people don't have. That's it. That's it. You know. All right, gentlemen, on. hang on a second. Let me do this next break, and I'll come right back. Hang on with it. All right, you're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, it's 435 here in the Bayou City. Let's go back to Captain Jeff and Captain Money. All right, gentlemen, we are back. Hey, hey, back again, back again, All right, man. here we go. <laughs> we, <laughs> during the break, we were just talking about, you know, uh, uh, running, running, you know, of course, eat commercial fish, you know, uh, yeah. for a lot of years. Yeah, that's what you did, right? Like, yeah. in, you know, in the off season yeah. or whatever, you know. Ten days a month. Anyway. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I, I remember first getting into uh, 
do my electric reels. I bought two electric reels, man, and I had to go use them. And my first few trips, I did, I wasn't able to go in the deep water. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't able to go out to the hilltops or anything like that and fish. So I caught my limit one day, and I said, man, you know, I was out, I was out past Salvador a little bit. Actually, I was toward the Hickeys. I was yeah. in like 350, 350-foot yeah. water. And I had them two electric. I said, hey, guys, let's drop this electric down. I had, a, you know, a regular tallfish rig yeah. had five hooks on it. And I dropped it on the spot that I knew had snapper. I caught some big ones there before, but I didn't think it had a bunch. Well, I dropped that sucker down there. It didn't even hit the bottom. Wham, wham, wham. It was yeah. like, like to break the rod off. You know? <laughs> it probably took me 30 minutes to get the daggum thing back up. I mean, it was loaded. It had yeah. five that were at least 20 pounds. I mean, they nice. were, I mean, Good eight Lord. Let me tell you what, man, it, it blow your mind with eight, five, 18 to 20 pound snapper. Oh, pool. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're bringing up a tree. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable. I didn't I see. I'm not rich, man. I didn't get to play around with all that. I, cool stuff. I I've had, uh, Anacoms, the Daiwa Tanacoms, yeah. man, they're, they're hard to beat. You yeah. know, they are a couple of. How much does a reel like that cost, Jeff? Uh, which one, the LP or the or the? Uh, that Daiwa uh, you were talking about. You know, they used to be about six hundred bucks, which yeah. was pretty um, cool. You know, and and to be really honest with you, that's what I fished with for like two or three years straight. Yeah. I mean, they, and they were really hardy. You couldn't hardly kill them. You know. Uh, I think they've kind of went up a bit in price. I think they're about eight hundred bucks now, eight fifty, something like that. Um, the LPs he's talking about, they started about thirty five hundred, and, and they go. That's up what I was thinking. Six thousand dollars a piece. Yeah, yeah, that's what the big boys use, huh? Yeah, I mean, if you're cool, you got the LP. If you're just oh, yeah. a poor old <laughs> boy, <laughs> I I have, you know, I've been able to to use the LP before and I remember one time specifically this one one of the customers I went out we were fishing for amberjack on the on the rigs and he refused the hand line he didn't want to he didn't want to stand up on one so he put that LP out there well he got that sucker hung around the leg one day and it was rich current ripping uh-huh. well he was dragging the whole boat back oh, to the rig man. I was thinking golly that's a big old line boy a big line heck man I thought he was going to rip the gunnels out man and uh yeah, I like LP. I've used one. I've never owned one, but I want two. Yeah. I'm talking how to be able to afford one. You know, Six the one. The, that's big, man. Well, you got to get a rod, too. Get a wishbone rod. Oh, yeah. You'd be seven or eight grand. I mean, shoot, the line is what kills you, too. Yeah, I mean, it's thousand dollars to fill it up. I'm telling you, if you if you want good braid line, what you really need, you know, in terms of, especially if you're fishing around rigs, like that would get cut off. 250 you know. pro, at least. Yeah. I mean, if you're just if you're just fishing, uh, you know, uh, swordfish and bottom and stuff like that, you don't really need crazy high quality line. But uh, you know, especially if you're going to try fishing around rats, you really need some good stuff. Oh yeah. But uh, but I mean, you know, so you, your your tiers of, of rods kind of go like those Tanacoms. Now they've got a few other Bantics. There's a few other uh, smaller reels that again are a pretty. You know, at a lower price point, thousand, less than a thousand, twelve hundred maybe max. Then you kind of go up to Cristal. Yeah. Cristal is a belt-driven uh, electric <laughs> reel. Goodness. And it's almost as cheap to go buy your Bandit. Well, I mean, really, but then uh, you got to run hydraulics and everything. I mean, car motor or whatever. Oh yeah. 
Well, so then you kind of go <laughs> to the Chris Dow side of things, yeah. and they're a little cheap. They're about twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean, you probably get to use them for around two thousand. Mm-hmm. And they they they're great. They're big. They got huge spools, but you don't quite have the the torque. you know the torque on them exactly. Yeah. Oh, and, Top of the line, for sure. The LP's top of the line. That's right. You know, and I'd then have they, to say, yeah. pulling a boat into against the current into a rig—that's uh, that's pretty stout. That sucker's stout. I mean, you—I uh, was blown away. It's gear, it's gear driven, so you don't have that belt slippage and stuff like that, man. Right. It locks in, and she's going. Either, just like either a tractor, man. Just like a tractor. Yeah. But they, uh, and then. There's other, there's a couple other reels. You got the Hooker Electric reels, yeah. which uh, you know they're claim the fame that they uh, uh, retrofit onto a existing reel that you have. So you actually send in like a Penn International yeah. or a Tiagra or something like that, and they retrofit the motor to your reel. Yeah, there used to be a lot of people that show up on the party boats with some sort of push button it wound just like a pin four rod or five rod or six rod there's those two their little car batteries around with them yeah man what y'all doing did they did they catch more fish no no not really i said i'll never use one of them now i'm just dying to get an lp you (laughs) (laughs) You start dropping out there in six seven hundred eight hundred foot of water it's Tiresome in that thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> Not me, man. I'll stick with reeling trout in. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, we'll catch a big three, four hundred pound grouper. You know, you're dropping down deep most of the oh, time. Oh boy, I'm telling you, we can window weights. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> just, just bring back. Yeah, yeah. I said, I'm not that's a big old weight. I said, I don't even feel that weight when I got that two hundred pound fish on there. Oh yeah. Mm. We, we used uh, you know, recently we've been using a lot more breakaways you know we'll do oh, breakaways yeah. down there and you're yeah. right man trying to drag that we go just bringing the weight to check the bait yeah. terrible i mean yeah you know but uh but so you you're kind of into the lps and, and all that kind of stuff yeah i love them, you know i don't blame you those are those are awesome the one drawback i can tell you though that in my experience with those lps and stuff they're really awesome but they're big and bulky oh, and they're yeah. really hard to like you can't just put them in a rod holder next to a bunch of other rods mm-hmm. they're too wide you know yeah and then if if your rod holders aren't you know stout enough they'll either bend them or break them yeah. and they're heavy and you hate to put something like that down in the center console or something like that and bang around too mm-hmm. you know it's, oh you put uh, on a bean bag it'll tear the bean bag up oh man <laughs> White freaking song. There you go. Tell it's everywhere. Ain't nothing like having a snow time in, in the middle of summer, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think two of them. I went on a trip with a friend of mine. He carried one everywhere he went. And both times he went, they tore the bean bag up. I do need to leave that thing at home. But wow. I try to bring one now if I got a chance. Yeah. I'll tell you this, man. You know, fixing my boat. So the main reason why I did my plumbing initially is because my two my floor drains wouldn't drain. Yeah. Right. And they were stuck. And I put I put a rotor rooter down and I couldn't get the damn thing. So as it turns out, I I took the took the pipe apart and cut it apart. It was full of the little bean bag, freaking yeah. the little ball. Oh you know? the yeah, the little bean bag bean thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they got hot or there was some kind of, like, maybe one of the soaps or something like that breaks uh-huh. them down, but it was like a solid mat of them in there, uh-huh. man. I let, when I run that 
yellow, that two o four yellow pen. That, that thing wasn't drain was crap. Yeah, I think they've changed since. Yeah, it was always waiting in water in one corner or the other. Oh man. Yeah, well, I there see, needs I, to be know. some way you can have like a clean out uh, yeah. uh, valve in there where you can pull the, you know, unscrew it and run, you know, a rotor root or something through there and try to clean yeah. that stuff out okay. once it starts getting all plugged. Yeah. I sure wish, you know what, and thank you for, you know, I, I'm not too late. I might try to do something like that. But you know what, the problem is that trying to get back to that, even if you had a little clean out or something. Well, just getting, you? yeah, you got to have it where you can get to it, obviously, you know. Yeah. I mean that'd be a, that would be the cast me out though be able to clean that sucker out from time. Or nothing worse than having a boat offshore and uh, the drains won't drain and you filling up with yeah. water. That's uh, that's oh, yeah. that's the biggest yeah. uh, drawback to these uh, bass boats. You know that that you know have the bulkhead across the back and then they have the through the floor drains and if man you get any kind of stoppage in those and you dunk the bow a couple of times and fill that cockpit up that extra weight you you got issues man. Yeah, you ain't you ain't kidding. I mean, they're they're pretty uh pretty shallow running boats, a little slim to begin with. Yeah, I can imagine that thing gets full. Years. That's a real See, problem. See, with center consoles like I've always run, when I get in some bad weather like that, and then you start sticking the bow and you know filling the boat up with water. Well, the transom's low, and you can give it uh, throttle. And a lot of that will run over the top of the transom till it works its way out through the drains. You can get rid of that water. But, man, if it's holding and you get a little bit sideways in them waves, you can roll over in a heartbeat, man. And you ain't kidding. You know, un- you know unfortunately, I've, you know, I think we've all had our boats full of water a few times. You know? <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> that ain't a good it's, feeling. It's not. Yeah. Hey, that, boy, you talk about uh, adrenaline level going up. <laughs> yeah. Just don't let the panic mode set in and do something oh. stupid, you know. That's yeah. it. You know what? And speaking of, there goes another good point. I always, you know, uh, I had an incident about five or six years ago where I had it had rained real bad and it, and it kicked my it kicked my uh, my breakers on my bills pumps at nighttime. I didn't I didn't know I didn't look in the bills. I just threw all the stuff and then we took off. Something gave me the clue too. I should have, you know, when I hit that throttle, that sucker. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah. <laughs> that weight. <laughs> well, I had triple motors, so it jumped up yeah. eventually. I didn't, you know, I knew something maybe I needed to fix. But long story short, man, it mm. shorted out my bilges, and I always carry an extra bilge pump now. Yeah. yeah, up in the front, something that with a little gator clips on it, where I can drop down in that in that bilge. Yeah. Just in case, man, you just never know. Yeah, it's bad to throw water. Yeah. It's nice so much water in boats. It's just unbelievable. Oh, yeah, on the pump, you know. Yeah. Good to you know, uh, just a random story, but uh, Elliot told me that uh, he said, man, they had one of his, the, the commercial boats. It was either a commercial boat or a uh, one of the uh, crew boats. But he said it kept filling up with water. They kept getting water in them in the yeah. uh, in the engine room and they couldn't figure it out couldn't figure it out they cutting pieces out you know corrosion all this kind of stuff and then eventually they just couldn't they, they dry docked it and they started tearing it apart well they pulled the engine out and there was a penny that was oh, yeah. on the hole underneath the motor and that did you know the, yeah. the dissimilar metal yeah. ate a hole through the through the aluminum and that's wow. where the water was. 
one, uh, one penny in a bottom at home. Wow. So when I first got on the blue fan, it was kind of rickety, right? Was it really? Oh, yeah, dude. If you jump, you could actually jump down in the engine room, and you could see the water line almost all the way around the boat. Oh, Little okay. holes here and there. Oh, buddy. Basically, the pumps ran from the time you left the dock to the time you got back to the dock. Oh, buddy. See, homie, don't play that. So I don't. I don't. I think so much water in boats is just exactly. Oh yeah, got oh. water turns on, oh, buddy. You know, and, oh. and on those on those boats. I mean, I've always been told for years the inspection. Yeah. You know, the Coast Guard gets on your boat. They're down there looking at that exactly that. How much bond you got in the fields? Yeah, I mean all that. But that bondo rattled out at the out there baking around the sea, you know. Man, I, all that. There's a hole over there. There's a hole over here. Yeah. See, I couldn't do that, man. I'm not the guy. Offshore is the last place I'd go with a leaky boat. (laughs) You know, but. You know, that's got to be the sickest feeling in the world to be 80, 100 miles out and you're going to the bottom. I mean, uh, I don't know anybody that's ever sunk out there, but I've heard some close calls and and all. But can you imagine the horror? I mean. Especially where you were just fishing and it's loaded with sharks and everything well, running through your head. You know you're going to be in the water for hours before anybody finds you, or if they yeah. even do find you, you know. Out there hanging on with shark feeders. Yeah. Man. Uh, <laughs> no bueno. No bueno. That's yeah. what, you know, I always thought, you, I was like, how does 12 people get inside that thing? You don't get in if you hang on the ropes that's, that's wind up on the side of it. That's it. That's it. You know, in in a dangerous situation too. I mean, they say that the the boat will will float for a while before. I mean, yeah. granted, a big ball of water, air gets trapped in the top of it or something like that. And they say, man, hold on to that sucker. Don't yeah, try to. Oh, there's a boat for sure. Yeah, don't try to push away from you know, it. They got some big orange rafts, and yeah, you'll see twelve man or six man or eighteen man, but. It's just got little ropes around it. You hang on them ropes till somebody finds you out there floating around. Yeah. Yeah. We call them shark feeders. Shark feeders. Shark feeders. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> About every foot or two all the way around this thing, it's got two ropes that hang off of it. Oh, well, yeah. everybody knows a shark won't eat you, man. All the shark lovers say, oh, they won't, they won't eat you. Yeah. I don't want to find out. Hey, I've seen situations out there, you know, back in the day where if you fall in the water, you're done. There's no, you're done. Be a bag of bones and a shark belly. Yeah. Ain't no question about that, man. Promise you. Yeah, Yeah, just ask all the crew on the USS Indianapolis when it went down in the Pacific. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. was it, 1,100-and-something men went in the water and only 300-and-something came out? The sharks ate the rest? Oh, yeah. I'm sure once they once they start feeding, it's on. Oh, it's yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, y'all, y'all didn't have it. You, the whole time you worked for Elliot, y'all didn't have much of an uh, issue. With well, we had, I think we had a boat called the Cobia catch on fire and go down. Did it, oh, really? We didn't have a lot of customers on the boat. Right, right. Well, no customers, actually. Yeah, yeah just, just. So I think three or four guys, that, uh, I think Carl Kristoff or somebody picked them up on a yacht, and then we went. We were on our way out, and they were on their way. Yeah. We were like 30-something miles away. You know, Elliot, Elliot, 
tells me a story about uh, there was a tanker back in the like the early 80s, late 70s or something like that that was going from Freeport to Galveston or something like that, and they just stopped talking. They like uh, you know disappeared. Yeah. It, it was like the you know the triangle or something like that yeah. disappeared. And That's he weird. said that he found them out there when they were dangling. It was you know giant tankers. Yeah. It's still out there. That's the uh, Vancouver. It's oh, the yeah. Vancouver yeah. wreck out there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it don't matter how big you are. You uh, go down, buddy, that's a wrap. I mean, uh, you, know, you know, not coming back from that one. I mean, granted, they were 30 miles out, but they were able to be found. Yeah. And I, th- I still think that a couple of the crew members died. I think yeah, there were two or right. three crew members actually died on that one. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I got a... a did you know any of Simpsons, uh, Chris, and you know, so they're on a seismic, they were on a strength boat running seismic, yeah. just keeping boats off their cable, and I guess some the seismic boat ship looks over and sees the boat on fire, they go look for them, them guys still ain't been found. Wow. Really? Quick. Three guys, gone. Just Basically, gone. Disappeared. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, it was probably six, seven, eight foot. Yeah. But still, you think you'd find the bodies floating or whatever, but they're gone. They ain't never been found. Man, that's crazy. There's a father, a son, and another guy. I recall that's that. terrible. Oh, and, but, I mean, I, sharks had to get them. I mean, where'd they go? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just goes to show you, man. I mean, it, it, uh, there's never, uh, you know, your due diligence and doing all your safety, stuff like that. And the other thing, too, me, most people don't think about it in Gulf of Mexico, man, but uh, thermal. Uh, Hypothermia is absolute, you know, yeah. a reality here. I mean, oh, in the middle yeah. of wintertime, I mean, that water temperature yeah. is close, you know, 60s or something like that. You're not going to survive out there much, uh, you know, a couple, two, three hours, maybe four or five if you're lucky. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, <clears throat> that's a real thing, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, do you do diligence and doing all your safety checks and all that? It's well worth it, you know. Yeah. I don't do the, uh, you know, if I've got – Bilges that don't work and stuff yeah, like that. I just don't go. What I don't understand is how they didn't find their bodies, even if it's four or five days later. It's like get float to the top. Or right. I'm sure the sharks got them. I mean, where'd they go? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were them within a couple of hours. Yeah. Even if they sank, yeah. some these boys. I mean, scrimpers. They've been crew boats. They've been out there his whole life. Yeah. Hard me to believe they jumped off the boat. But, That's got to be a lonely feeling. Go down out there in the middle of that pond and with no help and nobody around and boy the things that can run through a man's head while he's bobbing around out there that's oh buddy you ain't boy, kidding uh, talk about horrifying probably the two worst ways to die would be getting eaten alive by a shark or a, a grizzly bear yeah oh, that, buddy. Uh, <laughs> no oh, thanks. Friends is behind our shrimp boat. They'll, they'll yeah. Oh, yeah. That, uh, you can throw a beer yeah. can in the water and they'll eat it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, those sharks are nothing to play with. I mean, you know, hey. That's it. That's it. That's well, what, you know. Uh, that's why you want a seaworthy vessel and uh, everything up to standards. Everything yeah. working. It's too big that's a risk true. not to. Yeah, sober captain house. You know, the- <laughs> sober captain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'll be all right, man. Just give him a couple of beers, man. He just got a little hangover yeah. this morning. He was up all night yeah. drinking. We'll get him going. He'll get us out there. Oh, yeah. boy. 
It's not there, but you got to go back. <laughs> That's it, man. All right, boys. Well, hey, I enjoyed it this morning. Good conversation. Yeah. And, uh, hey, if somebody wants to come do some deep blue sea stuff, man, head out to the big water catch on the big pond catch some big stuff, how they get a hold of you guys. Give them some numbers. Yeah, so you can call me anytime at 979-417-1013 or go to my website, stsladventure.com. And uh, just to mention out there, I've got my, uh, every year I get, get new Hondas and I got my triple set of Hondas. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 